This morning, I think it is appropriate for us to talk about the transitions. I want you to think back to the time that you transitioned to the village. Maybe you sold your house, said your goodbyes, and moved to the middle of Arkansas. People thought you were crazy. (laughs) Maybe you were excited. (laughs) Maybe you were sad or apprehensive, but you made the transition. And that's what life is. Life is a variety of transitions. But just think of all the transitions that you have had in your life. It all started from the womb to the world. And then you were growing up, and perhaps you went to school. Maybe you went to college, and then you transitioned perhaps to a career, transitioned to motherhood, transitioned from one career to another career, many children maybe. And then you transitioned to retirement, and all these transitions probably meant moving locations, transitioning relationships, Just think of all your relationships. Maybe you went from being single to being married to having kids, empty nest, grandkids, great-grandkids, all of these transitions. And that's the way it's going to be. Throughout your life, you're going to have all these transitions until the last transition of death. And then it will be over with on this earth, and you'll be with the Lord. And these transitions can create a lot of emotions within us because some of them really are sad. I mean, how many of you planned for sudden deaths in your family or a sickness or a widowhood that that would be your life? These transitions catch you off guard and they can make you, make you hurtful, make you sad. But they can also give you hope. I just think about us moving into the village. It's just uh, it's a little excitement, a lot of excitement, mixed with a little bit of anxiety. And there are some transitions that could be very hopeful. And there are some transitions that can make you feel hopeless. But through all the transitions that you face and have faced and will face, I want to encourage you with this reality, that you would hold on to God who is holding on to you that you would somehow get to a point where you can rest in his sovereign control, that somehow you can trust that he actually has a plan where he is working for your good and his glory no matter the transition. And this morning I want to encourage you from his word through all the transitions of life. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 16, And let's go ahead and stand as I read the word of God to you this morning. Proverbs 16, verses 1 through 3. Let me read. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to keep us organized as we're going through this passage this morning. I have kind of three movements as we go through this. I will put these up on the screen for you. 
Number one is transition while trusting in the sovereignty of God. And two is transition with an open heart before God. And three, transition knowing the results are up to God. This will help keep us organized as we go through our passage. So let's start with the first one, a transition while trusting in the sovereignty of God. Look at verse 1 again of Proverbs 16. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Your transition plans are under the providence of God. Not all your transitions involve planning, but most of your transitions probably have to do with a little bit of planning or a lot of planning on your part. The the Bible is all for making plans. You have been created with a mind to work through different options. Your thoughts and motives make up your heart that seeks to plan for the future. You plan where you will invest your time. You plan where you will use your gifts. You plan where you will serve. You plan for your future. Now, let me give you something that may be helpful in thinking about your plans and your plans for your life or what you're going to do for your future. And part of planning is understanding yourself, also understanding yourselves as you go through different stages of life. And something I've found that very helpful is when you try to understand your abilities and passions and your gifts, you pull back and you say, okay, what do I do well or What do I enjoy or or what is my gift? And I think it's very important to live within your gift zone. I've seen something I found very helpful I'm going to share with you this morning. It's something called you're, you're moving from your comfort zone, then you have your gift zone, and then you have a danger zone. So think about your life. You want to live in the gift zone, what God has created you to be. But sometimes... We just like to be comfortable. We don't want to be pushed. We don't want to stretch. We just want comfort. Anyone with me? Yeah. Just give me the remote. Leave me alone. I want to live in my comfort zone. But we need to push ourselves and push ourselves. All right. What has God created me to do at this stage of my life? How does he want to use me? What is my gift? And how can we maximize that gift during this phase? But be careful that you don't fall into the danger zone of overextending yourself, of trying to be someone you're not. I'm not LeVan. You don't want me singing up here. Guarantee you. Do not push into your danger zone. So where has God put you in this gift zone, who he has made you to be? This past week, I I learned a story about a, a retired Iranian tennis player named Mansour Barami. He's 62 and plays on the senior tennis tour. Now, the four most popular senior tennis tour players in no particular order are Borg, Connors, McEnroe, and Barami. But my guess is a lot of you have never heard of Barami before. You're thinking, well, what did he win? He won a bunch of nothing. His story and his background and the topple of his government in Iran and why he couldn't play tennis is, is a very long story. And he was on the ATP tour for years but didn't win much because he didn't have a chance because of all the setbacks. But now he's 62 on the senior tour and he's a crowd favorite because he's a, a jokester. 
and a trick shotter, and they love him. And here is this guy. He says his knees kill him. But when he gets out there and plays, he has so much joy. Why is that? He's in this gift zone. And as I think about each of your lives, God has gifted you with certain things for his kingdom to serve him in this gift zone. And in light of your gift zone, you do make plans. But what's important to keep in mind is as you make plans in your gift zone, Keep in mind that even as you make plans, you must trust in the sovereignty of God. Back to verse 1 again. Look, it says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. God's plan will be the ultimate outcome. The answer the person gives with the tongue is from the Lord. The idea here is that a person make plans, but the ultimate result is from the Lord. I mean, you can think about all the plans that are being made in this room right now and all the plans that are being made throughout the world, but there is one only, only one ultimate plan that comes into fruition, and that is God's. And sometimes God's plans and his transition work in line with what you planned, but sometimes it's not. And I don't like the concept, man plans, God laughs. I don't think that. God is not dissing you. He's not dismissing your plans. But sometimes he will override them often. (laughs) He will override your plans because he has a better plan. And I know when you make these plans, it can be confusing, especially when God reworks your plans. One time I was talking to this woman, and she said, you know, had all these plans, but I do not know what the point was of a decade of my life. Anybody ever have a decade like that? Two? (laughs) What was the point? What was going on? Had these plans that did not work in line with what I had in mind. God had a plan, and his plan is always working if you're a believer for your good and for his glory. Let me share this wonderful quote to you from Pastor David Platt. He says, God, his ultimate concern is not to get you or me from point A to point B along the quickest, easiest, smoothest route possible. Instead, his concern is that you and I would know him more deeply as we trust him more completely. And as you transition, as you make plans, may you rest and God's sovereign control, the God who you have a relationship with. Let's keep going. Let's transition with an open heart for God. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Now, most of us believe that our plans and transitions come from good motives. We are like the one in this Proverbs who think that our ways are clean, are pure in our own sight. But sometimes you cannot see that your plans and your transitions come from less than pure motives. That's why you need the work of the Lord, as it says here, the Lord weighs the motives. Many of us need to have this motive check before the Lord before we make these plans and transitions. 
And a helpful passage that I find that helps me comes from Psalm 139, 23 and 24, where the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So many times we make plans and we assume this is what God wants me to do. We're just planning it, not even praying about it, just making a plan. We need to stop and pause. Okay, God, search my heart. Now let me talk to you about a morally neutral way of transitioning. I want to make sure you get, you get this. This is morally neutral. I'm not making any value judgments right now on this way of transitioning. When I lived in Chicago, uh, I lived two doors down from my executive pastor, John Bechtel. He has four kids. I have seven. We, of course, both have minivans. And the way that the Lancasters transition out of their minivan is different than the way the Bechtels transition out of their minivan. When we pull up to our house in our minivan and the doors open, we climb over each other, scramble to get out as fast as we can with as few injuries. <laughs> we are the fastest transitioners you've ever seen. But when the Bechtels pull up to their house, it takes a while for the doors to open. When they finally open, no one's moving. And then one by one, they will start to file orderly out of the van. They take their time. They're in no hurry. They're enjoying the day. Once again, these are morally neutral, not saying one is bad or one is not bad, all right? But I want you to take this concept of fast transitions or slow transitions and apply it to your life. Because some of you are wanting things to happen now. You're wanting the plans to come to fruition now. You're wanting transitions to happen now. And you need to slow down. If you're in a difficult relationship and you're ready to bail rather than try to work on reconciling, maybe you need to slow down and keep working at it. And for those of you who think that your life may be better if you could just move, and so you're ready to just move right now. Well, the problem, if you're not happy, here's the problem. If you're not happy right here, I guarantee you, wherever you go, you will go with yourself. <laughs> and so if you're unhappy now, you're probably going to be unhappy later. So you need to pause, slow down, and let God search your motives. Some of you need to slow down. But some of you need to pick up the pace in your transitions. You're just way too lazy. You're slacking way too much. You need to pick up the pace. Some of you have been praying about the same thing for years, but you're not doing much about it. Maybe you feel stirred to get some type of financial kingdom plan or you're given to your church or given to a missionary, but you're just dragging your feet, not setting up the plan. Perhaps you need to pick up the pace. So let the Lord examine your heart. Let these motives be exposed before him. Say, Lord, where do I need to pick up the pace and get on with the plan and the calling you have for me? And where do I need to slow down and do the hard heart work? Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. And lastly, we need to transition knowing the results are up to God. Look at verse 3. 
Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. This is awesome. This is, this is a handing over of all to the Lord. You're committing your ways, your plans, your relationships, and your transitions to the Lord. This is an act of trust, especially if you're not thrilled about what comes next. You're committing all of your life, all of your ways, all of your transitions to God. And what does it say there? It says, and your plans will be established. So establishing plans is God's work. Bring to fruition all of your plans and transitions. But once again, we have to leave the results to God because sometimes what we plan does not line up what he plans. So we plan and leave the results to God. And whatever happens, he's still working for your good and for his glory. And I know it can be scary. I know it can be scary to face these big life transitions. You're thinking about failure. Maybe you got some pain, some loneliness. And sometimes we wonder if the transition will destroy us. And I know some of you have been there. You think, will this transition, will it destroy me? Will the loneliness finally take over me and destroy me during these transitions? You thought that before, right? That's why you get to commit it all to the Lord. Back in 2011, we started the process to adopt from Jamaica. Over and over again, we had committed that adoption to the Lord and his timing. And Daniel, our son, is the one that we just adopted this summer. Now, I want to make sure you understand this. This plan to adopt Daniel was a seven-year process. That was not in my plans We didn't even know Daniel in 2011. But if some type of adoption person could have sat down with me and said, you know what? You're going to start on this adoption now in 2011, and it's going to last for seven years. Still want to do it? Do you see how you don't know the future? And sometimes you're thinking, if you had known beforehand how long something would have taken, you wouldn't have done it. So what if in 2011, God said, you know, it's going to take seven years. You don't want to mess with it. God wouldn't say that, right? I didn't know the future, but he did. And sometimes you don't know the future, how long you're going to have to pursue an unbeliever before they get saved. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's 20. How long will you pray for the prodigal? Maybe it's two. Maybe it's 10. How long will you pursue a calling in your life? Maybe a few, maybe a lot. When's it going to come to fruition? I don't know. Who knows? God knows. And he's calling us to pursue him in a relationship, plan with all the wisdom that we have, and trust him with the results. Trust him with the timing. And I know that waiting is the worst. But God is very gracious and kind, and he wants a relationship with you. One day, you're going to be done with all these transitions. And then you're going to hit the last transition of death. Guarantee you, unless the rapture happens, you'll hit it. And this is the transition that every single one of you 
want to get right. Because there is going to be this transition for some to everlasting life with Jesus and the transition from others to suffering and condemnation. And the hope that we proclaim as Christians is that we can live with God forever through Jesus Christ. Jesus transitioned from glory to this earth, took on flesh, lived a perfect life that I couldn't live, you couldn't live, transitioned through suffering and death on the cross, transitioned to the grave, and yet he is the only one to come back alive to never die again. Transitioned to the right hand of the Father, and one day he will come back. And the, the gospel that we're proclaiming is that you can be transitioned to a new creation through faith in Jesus Christ. You can be forgiven. You can be changed no matter what you have done through repentance and faith in Jesus. And one day you will be changed, transitioned to be with him in glory forever. Now as I think about this gospel message, I, I, I know there's some people that think that this good news of Jesus is, 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 is for little kids in Sunday school. We teach them about Jesus. And then maybe this good news of Jesus is for, for those who are older. No, no, this good news of Jesus is for everybody. The call is to repent and put your faith in Jesus and you can be forgiven. And until we're with the Lord one day in glory, that, that great transition, you will continue to face transitions down here on this earth and i love for you to keep these in mind as you transition while trusting in the sovereign of god think through your comfort zone your gift zone and your danger zone transition with an open heart before god let god examine your motives and transition knowing the results are up to god you're surrendering the timing and all the results to him now let me just be honest with you biggest challenge that you're going to have and I'm going to have is that none of us can see the future and we want to know how all these transitions are going to work out we want to know how it's going to work out it's like you and me too we want to see our future in HD all of us want to see the future in high definition. We want to know so clear and beautiful, you know, like a big old HD TV. Like, what's our future going to be like? We want to see the transitions. We want to see the relationship shifts. We want to see advancements. We want to see setbacks. And you want to see all the way until you're with the Lord. You want to know what is going to happen. You want your future in HD. Yet, that's not the way it works because you're not God. God is God and you are not. And our transitions in the future are less like HD and they're more like a Polaroid camera. Anybody have a Polaroid at home? Anybody? They're pretty high-end stuff right here. A show of hands, how many of you have a Polaroid camera at your home right now? Anybody? Wow, hardly any of you. You're missing out. Do you know what this is? <laughs> yeah, come on now. Well, 
Polaroid pictures, if you're familiar, it's not HD at all. I don't even know if this thing works. Can we try it? <laughs> so, like, you take it, you got to stick it in it. Whoa. Well, nothing came out. <laughs> it's having used in years. But here's the idea. A picture usually comes out, and if you show it to somebody, what do you see? Nothing. <laughs> right? And you got to just stare at it. <laughs> like, like, you show a kid this. It's great. Just show a little kid. Like, what's the point of that? It's that slow exposure. And that's your life. It's that slow exposure. A little bit is revealed, a little bit is revealed, a little bit is revealed, a little bit is revealed throughout your life. And that's the way God set it up so that you would trust him, so that you would walk with him, so that you would pray and talk to him, and so that you would leave the results up to him and not to you. That's the way he set it up. So my brothers and sisters, from this day forward as individuals in a church, let's trust him. Let's plan, trust him, make plans, be wise. Believe the results and the timing up to him. Let's pray. Father, I know that Probably every single person in here has gone through difficult transitions. And I know there's some that are in one right now. They didn't plan the surgery. (laughs) They didn't plan to get sick. They didn't plan for things to not work. They didn't plan for their relationships to be in a bind. And I ask that you would comfort them during this time. And I know there's some in here that are confused about what they're supposed to do next. Where are they supposed to serve? It's much more comfortable just to sit and watch TV. But where are they supposed to serve? Give them a vision. Give them insight. And Lord, we are looking forward to being with you in glory. And it's hard. It's hard down here. But praise God that you are with us. And we can talk all day long about taking hold of you, but we know that you have taken hold of us. May we rest in you. Rest in your control, which is for our good and your glory. In Christ's name, amen.